I have customers at this point all over the world. Like, I feel like the customers aren't contained in East Village. And as, hi, one of my customers here who lives in San Francisco. Okay. I'm doing a podcast, but please. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> hi, my name is Ellie Cody, and this is Manhattan Sideways. On today's episode, I speak with Kathy Kemp, the woman behind the fashion boutique, Anna. Here's what Betsy Bober-Pallavi, founder of Manhattan Sideways, had to say about Anna. Anna's boutique has had an extraordinary journey these past 25 years since Kathy Kemp opened her first shop on 3rd Street and Avenue A in 1995. What became apparent immediately, however, is that wherever she moved, her customers followed. When Ellie and I visited Anna's on 5th Street, we sat down and began our interview, but within minutes, our conversation had to be put on hold as woman after woman entered the shop. They came in either to simply say hello as they were walking by, or they had made this a destination while in Manhattan, but no one seemed eager to leave, and needless to say, no one ultimately left empty-handed. For several hours, we had the pleasure of hanging out in the relaxed, warm atmosphere that Kathy has created for her clients. We felt like we were sitting in her living room, engaging in fascinating conversation with a book designer and coincidentally, a book agent, an artist, and tourists from Iowa who were told by a friend that they had to find their way to Fifth Street to meet Kathy. When I asked one of the women why she continues to shop here, her immediate reply was, I lived in Paris for several years and this is the most Parisian store in New York. Everything is timeless with a twist. Now, Joan lives in Westchester, but she told us that she always finds her way to the East Village when she's in the city. She proudly announced, almost my entire wardrobe is designed by Kathy. And in fact, we found this to be true. From her stunning coat to her scarf and dress, she was outfitted head to toe from Anna's. Joan then laughed and said, when I die someday, when people are going through my clothes, they will ask, who was this Kathy Kemp? Having decided to pause in our release of the podcast interviews during the months of March and April 2020, I decided to reach out to Kathy in May to see how she was and to find out what her plans might be for reopening Anna's. I was delighted with her response. I'm in the Catskills, sheltering with my family and producing Anna, Spring and Summer in our upstate studio. Of course, the shop is closed for now, but we're planning to reopen sometime in June. In the meantime, spring and summer is for sale at AnnaNYC.com. We're making things in small quantities and adding things every week, just like we would at the store. We can't wait for Anna's to reopen and to give a hug, even at a distance, to Kathy one day soon. My name's Kathy Kemp and my store is Anna. Okay. And when did you first open Anna? I moved to New York in 1995 and opened June of that year. How would you describe the style of clothing and accessories that you sell here? Well, the style, I feel like everything in this business is something that's evolving. Like everything's kind of linear. We never do collections or groups. Like one thing always seems to build on another. And I think the style has stayed the same and changed, um, but I think basically, I always hear that I make dresses for people that don't like to buy dresses, and, and it's a shop for people who don't like to shop. 
So I imagine, and I know that I like comfortable clothing that's also a little bit different, but not crazy. So I think, you know, I, I think the style is comfortable women's wear for, for everyone from like 25 to Onward. infinity. Yeah. How did you get into the fashion world? Um, I just started doing it. I've always sewn. And my grandmother, whose name is Anna, taught me how to sew when I was younger. I've never been a terrific sewer but I've always been able to, to put something on myself and rig it to fit. It's just something that I've always done It's part of my life, even though I've never studied it traditionally. So I imagine the store is named after your grandmother. It is, yeah. Could you tell me more about her? She was a very creative person in my family. She played classical piano and also sewed and always had crafts going on. So her house, and like a beautiful garden. We always loved to visit her house. When you first opened Anna, you opened in the East Village, right? And then you opened another shop in the West Village. You opened again, moved to the West Village, and then now you're back in the East Village. Can you tell me about that journey? Well, I opened on 3rd Street and Avenue A, which was pretty crazy back in the day in 1995. And there were no other stores around me, but I loved that space and I loved the street and it's like two blocks from my apartment. So um, I stayed there for 18 years and everyone told me that I should move my business, that things, everything would be so great if I moved my business. And it was already great on 3rd Street, that's what I didn't realize, but I moved uptown to 11th Street between 1st and 2nd. And that was a good block too, but I never really loved the actual space as much as I loved the space on 3rd Street. It was a little bit too much store for me. You know, it came with a full basement, which is kind of not as great as it sounds in New York City, <laughs> as people might imagine. Um, so I never really felt comfortable there. And after five years, um, I moved over to Christopher Street to my friend's ex shop, which was my favorite storefront in the city. So I've always sold my clothes there and always thought it was the perfect storefront space. What made it so perfect? What made that space so Well, wonderful? it's on Christopher between Greenwich and Waverly, which is a really beautiful block. Um, all really old buildings and um, just precious, unique storefronts. Mm -hmm. What made you move back if, if, you know, if that storefront was so it perfect? It was great. I have a son that goes to school in the neighborhood, and it seemed like every day I'd have something to do in the neighborhood. And, you know, have, like running home now was super easy for me. Running home from Christopher Street yeah. is not. I started to want a shop in the neighborhood. I was walking around and couldn't find anything. Some of the rents were really high. It's, it's like looking for an apartment. Like you would just have to think like, can I live here? Like who lived here? <laughs> you know, like, like what, what did they do yeah, to what it? And it was about a year of that, but thinking about moving here, but not finding the right space. And I had kind of given up and out of nowhere, I got a phone call. Um, and you know, when you're looking for a space, it's always a good idea to tell everyone that you're looking for a space because everyone looks with you. A very good friend of mine, my friend David, who owns the store Honeymoon, called me and said, my landlord has this great space available that I think would be perfect for Anna. You should get over there right now and get that space. And the next day I came, came by and got the lease. So I feel like I was lucky to get this space in that way. It's different from how I've gotten at other spaces. Do you miss the West Village at all? Um, 
No. <laughs> I love the West Village and it's beautiful and so many of my customers live there and it's convenient for them. But I really, I'm an East Village girl. I'm, I still get lost when I go to the to the West Village. I still end up on 9th Avenue when I think I should be on 6th. And um, I, just, I like a grid. I like, um, I like everything about the East Village. Not that it's competition. <laughs> the East Village is my home. I've lived in the East Village for 25 years. And um, it's the only place I've lived in New York City. And I feel like it was a really special time in the East Village in the 90s when I first opened because there were a lot of people who moved to the East Village. It was still really affordable um, and they moved from all over the country. And I feel like they were people who didn't necessarily feel like they belonged wherever they were from, but somehow they all belonged together here at that time. And because that was such a special time for so many people, most of those people, or I should say a lot of those people have left the East Village, but they always come, if, if they visit, if they live in Brooklyn, they still do all of their, they do their hair and nails and clothing shopping and restaurants in the East Village still. Or if they, you know, have a friend in town, they still bring them to the East Village because everyone still has their East Village stories that, um, that they tell and remember. and people will say things to me like the East Village has changed so much, but it still feels like the East Village. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's still exactly the same on some level. Like the spirit is still here. The voice you're about to hear is that of Rebecca. Rebecca is one of Kathy's close friends and a collaborator at Anna. We were lucky enough to have her join us during the interview to give us another perspective on Anna and on the work that Kathy does. You can go ahead. Hi, I'm Rebecca Kay. I'd like to speak a little bit about how special a place Anna is. Uh, when I first started coming to Anna, I quickly realized that it's a positive environment where each person brings to it their own vision of how they like to style things and wear things, and even during the production period of certain pieces from what I've seen, I was recently reminded of how the designer Kathy Kemp may be at certain times inspired by different creatives who happen to pop by. And um, there's a certain amount of feedback and back and forth um, dialogue that may help to shape the form of future designs one way or another at certain times. So now on that note, can you speak more about your customers? There are so many uh, lovely women who I've seen uh, gravitate towards here, new and regulars, if I may call them that. The demographics really vary as far as like um, age and like field of work and um, passions and interests, but the common thread is that they have a sense of style and individuality and they greatly appreciate that Kathy is one of the few designers that's doing things, um, you know, in small production and she finds new materials every week that she goes to the garment center. 
and I always love to remind them of one of her earliest projects when she first started out before she was making women's clothing as she made the special um, costume for Mikhail Baryshnikov and so she understands how the body feels in the clothes and she sews the clothing onto her own body that's how she understands women and what they like and how they feel beautiful in the clothes and that's the common thread that we all share everyone who comes to Anna is looking to perpetuate that feeling of beauty and grace and moving through space and time in her clothing Kathy, I feel that Kathy is like an artist in the way that she, um, coming from an art background, in the way that she goes to the garment center and she'll understand how a fabric will translate into a certain design of hers. And um, there have been times when I've asked her about maybe a custom piece that she was making for me and I said, so with this material, because she has sometimes different materials going on once uh, for the same style and I'll say so is that am I gonna love this more than this and I'm kind of like a a kid in the candy store Mm -hmm. a lot of the time but she'll say no I think you would feel best in this piece and she's right every time and that's something that's unique to brick-and-mortar businesses you really I feel like people people's lives are much more interesting when they shop at shops and have a relationship with someone who can be a friend and introduce them to things and they can introduce that person to new things and I feel like that's where like evolution happens you know sharing it's like the antithesis of a shopping mall yeah (laughs) which is now the internet so I just want to ask you about the fabrics do you shop the world do you find everything in New York how did you start finding your fabrics I find everything in New York right now most of my fabrics are from Europe just because those are the fabrics that feel great to me. I shop by going around and touching everything and then making a sample and putting it on my body. And usually when I make a sample, I'll wear it for like, you know, two days in a row and see how it feels, see where it goes, see how it looks in different lights, how people react to it, um, what it goes with, how it moves. So you wear, at some point or other, you wear everything that you make? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you wear anybody else's clothes ever? I wear mostly vintage and my own clothes. Um, I, you know, obviously shoes and, and undergarments. (laughs) I, you know, that's an interesting question. I wear APC jeans, um, always, because I feel like they make a, jeans in a way that I can make them. Um, What else do I wear? There are certain designers you admire, not necessarily owning their pieces, but um, that you admire. When you returned (laughs) from that trip, I saw something that you picked up along the way that was like... um, It was amazing. Do you want to describe it? The whole trip was mind-blowing. The whole trip, for me, I had never been to Asia, and it was mind-blowing in so many ways. But my favorite city probably was Hanoi, partly because it has this mod aspect to it, that there's tons of traffic on the street that's completely unmonitored, and everyone rides scooters. And everyone, have you been there? Everyone 
wears these long fitted robes with um with a hood with like a brim coming out of the hood with like a pollution mask around it that matches the print and they're all prints like flowers or you know um swirlies that that all look like giant mod circus prints or something from far away it's really that was really inspiring and i feel like in Vietnam and well, in Vietnam, Cambodia, and Thailand, and Singapore was they're they're all like they're cities where people still put themselves together. I wish people would dress up. I wish people would think of their outfits and put because it was so interesting walking around there and seeing people coming from work, each like w wearing really different looks with individual thought put into them. So. That's my wish for New York City is that it would go back to, a, to being a city with style. I would love to hear about some of the designers who inspire your work. I love Mona Kowalski from Adetache. Um, she unfortunately just finished her last collection, but she started designing around the time that um, I designed. And I own a few of her pieces from way back when, and I still wear them. We have conversations about different designers, designers like um, um, speaking of other women, um, there is uh, Rebecca Dannenberg and from also- From a long, long time ago. From a long time ago, and then Daryl Kay, yeah. who's also still kicking yeah. it. And sometimes we send each other articles like Dries Van Noten. Um, we love Dries Van Noten. Yeah, we do. But he's not like a local- No, he's not. Rebecca Dannenberg was an early, inspiration. When I first moved to New York City um, and first started doing this, she was already a pretty established designer. And she was not only an inspiration to me, but she helped me a lot, something people rarely do in this business. She told me about fabric stores to go to. She um, shared tips. She had the best pants, shared tips on making pants and cutting pants and um, where to get good denim, which is really a secret. And what I, I heard that now she's working on um, mother jeans. She worked on seven, um, and now I think she's doing mother jeans, but that's just, but she just disappeared. She had two children and oh, yeah. you know, got busy. Speaking yeah. of, you have a 14-year-old. Um, how, what do you do to balance your work life with your home life? Um... <laughs> Well, it's it's kind of easy because I I have my store is two blocks from my apartment, so everyone knows where to find me. And Jack has always gone on to the job with me. He never had a nanny or any kind of childcare growing up, so um, he's he knows the business pretty well for a fourteen-year-old boy. Like I literally remember taking him to Mood Fabric with me and walking home and having a bunch of mood bags, which he called thunder bags because they made so much noise, and carrying them all up the steps of my apartment building together, and him just saying like, hey! <laughs> so he's he's been on the inside of the business since he was a baby, and um, I feel like he understands how to work around the store when he has to. You also make everything here, correct? Or have things made here. Do you sew everything yourself? No, I sew all the samples myself. I'll make, these days I'll make a very rough sample and then bring it to someone else who's who makes a very refined version of it. 
Um, and it's all, I, I work with two sewers right now in the garment district, and I've been working with them for about 10 years. Before that, I had one sewer who was amazing, who I worked with for 15 years. And that's an ever-shrinking industry, unfortunately. It is, In the yeah. garment center in New York. Partly because they outsource abroad, um, partly because of education. Mm. That's what all my sewers say, that a lot of their sewers are now working in the medical field. Does it also have something to do with the rent? Like the garment center itself is shrinking? Mm. The garment center itself is shrinking because rents are going up just mm-hmm. because of condominiums and restaurants. Um, I think it was Bloomberg tried to make one mall for all the production people in Brooklyn or Queens and a lot of people resisted that because it's, it's not good for them to, to have people bartering and going from door to door and trying to find the best price. They want to look at every job and assess like what is worth to them. If you could each contribute to a description of the space here. And then by extension of that, I'm wondering where you do your work. It's about 250 square feet. And I love this space because it's very old fashioned looking. And I feel like the idea of a brick and mortar store is kind of old fashioned. It's got a lot of super old wooden pieces in it. Like the door, that's the wooden door that you can tell that's been there since the 30s or 20s, whenever this has been built. The tin ceiling is pretty pristine, slate floor with rugs. I feel like it's... And the actual brick. (laughs) Oh, yeah, an exposed brick. And it has a window inside of it, which is crazy and beautiful. And it's a real old-school New York vista outside of the window, which I feel like reflects, which um, contrasts with the clothing. The vestigial architecture, the little old New York feeling and the modern timeless clothes, the way that they are juxtaposed is it makes the space feel inviting and familiar and with the touches that Kathy's added, like the the shag rug or the vintage needlepoint of the flowers of paradise. It's just um, the things that she brings to it to lend themselves well, to put people at ease, and it's sexy. Wow, Rebecca, I'm so happy you showed up for this. (laughs) (laughs) And despite the square footage, we were witnessing about half a dozen women in here, and it didn't feel crowded, and it just felt so warm and cozy. And I loved how everybody fed off one another. Yeah, it sort of facilitated conversation because yeah. everybody was so close and looking at some of the same things, but it was it was beautiful. Oh, thank yes, you. Yes, and how there were two people involved in the book world and how they exchanged business cards and they were chatting for quite a while. And I mean, we sat here for two and a half hours while we watched all these people come and go. Some of that the Anna magic. Yeah, it was quite an experience. Thank you for waiting, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It I, no, it was really, it was amazing, I, honestly. I don't call it waiting. It was, it was an experience. Yeah. It's been fun it hanging with you guys. Oh, I haven't been here the whole time, but I'm glad you got to see part of what happens here. Yeah. And we are too. So the other question, the part two question yeah. of that was, where do you sew? Where do you actually create? Um, these days, I don't have a studio. I've, I've 
been through years of having studios and not having a studio or working exclusively at my house in the Catskills. But I've always find that I take my work along with me wherever I go and inevitably it ends up next to my bed. <laughs> you know, like I like to work in my apartment. I like to work in the store. I usually lug a bag around with me of things that I'm working on. So I have it with me um, all the time. So this is jumping around a, a bit, but we heard, so I've heard from Becca and I've also heard from a lot of the other women who were in the store earlier about how much of a community of women is created in this shop. And I'm wondering how deliberate that is, how, you know, how natural that dynamic comes to this space and to you and to you, Becca. I feel like it's always been completely natural. And I'm lucky because we started in the 90s before there were cell phones or computers or anything to distract people from going outside or to communicate in any other way than face to face. So a lot of the people in my store I met when like they felt like they needed someone to talk to or they came from brunch and, you know, had drinks at brunch or just broke up with their boyfriend and wanted someone to talk to. You know, I feel like people when I first opened my store were much more talkative and better conversationalists and much easier to form um, solid relationships with. And now those people still come back. They still feel comfortable in the store and they bring their friends back here because they want to introduce their friends to, to their friend. And it's a huge circle. It's a global circle now of women. A friend of mine who lives in London told me that her friend in Ireland told her to come to this store when she's in New York City because it's her favorite store. And that's the one who I went to high school with in Philadelphia. Um, and we hear, you know, women who go to their therapist wearing Anna and their therapist is also wearing Anna, you know, like there's just an extended and I feel like I don't know how I got such amazingly nice customers, but there is like a good vibe in the store always. People are always kind to each other and always helpful. And there's never been anything but that, never. And we always hear in the store that Anna's the kind of store that you tell only your best friend about. You don't even <laughs> tell your other friends. So we have a very well-edited group of people coming in here. They're special people, and they're special people. That's how I always feel. You know, it's like a... Yeah, it is perfect. So I think we should maybe spend some time talking about social media because it, it's, it seems like... Part of the way that people find you is through Instagram, social media, sharing pictures with each other. I heard a couple of the women who were in here earlier say, oh, I saw this on Instagram. I'm so excited to try it on. <laughs> um, can you just expand on how you use social media and your website? Um, I don't like social media. Like I'm, I shouldn't say I don't like social media because I certainly spend as much time on social media as anyone else. I. I feel like, I don't know, can you help me on this, Rebecca? <laughs> sure. Kathy, I find a lot of times you're a connector, much in the same way that Betsy is a connector and a supporter of others, whether they're creatives or just generally good people. So over the decades, I find that by word of mouth is really the kind of social networking that we've become accustomed to over time. And the use of social media is 
maybe a slight extension of it, but it's not like the main way that you operate necessarily. Yeah. When we're inspired particularly, there are things that come and go very quickly because Kathy does, as we mentioned, do a small production. So updating the website and also social media has been a means of communicating just a little bit about what's new. And everyone's usually more excited about that than they are about the seasons of um, That's that. That's true. Like um, when I'm talking about seasons, what I mean to say is in the fashion industry, you see the same stuff once it's come out. And with Kathy, everything is fresh on a weekly basis. And uh, a lot of the pieces are seasonless and timeless. And you can mix and match and layer we have sweater dresses and jackets and things that you can long sleeve and sleeveless that you can combine. So in that way, along with the new things, it's a means with the social media of just getting the word out that, hey, it's cold outside. We're having a cold snap. Here's some Cookie Monster sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> so earlier when the microphones were off, I think, um, you referenced a couple of other boutiques and shops around New York that carry your clothing. How do you choose the businesses that you allow to carry your work? Well, um, because we do such small production, it's not easy to, to do wholesale. And because the clothing is so close to me, um, I only give it to people who also understand and love the clothing. Phoebe is one of those people. Phoebe's the only person right now who has Anna. Um, and she wandered into the store and when was that? Like 19, shortly after I opened. Um, and she's been shopping at Anna ever since. She, um, and she really gets the clothes. She not only, the, the people who have stores who carry my clothes and Rebecca too, they not only love the clothes i shouldn't even say get the clothes because it's not too hard to get the clothes but they wear them in their own way they take them and they make them their own and mix them with other amazing things and give it a whole new look so i, I guess that's how i would decide people who already love my clothes and people who um have a great sense of style themselves so the store that carries anna clothes is Phoebe Kate's Klein's store um, called Blue Tree. They carry a capsule collection that's exclusive to Blue Tree. So nothing here is there, it's totally separate. Oh no, it's exclusive Blue Tree fabrics that Phoebe herself chooses. Like she doesn't choose the fabrics, I'll give her a selection. She gives me an idea of the fabric she wants and then I do a special collection for Blue Tree. One of the women who was in here earlier, maybe you can remind me of her name, you just made her wedding dress. Oh, Mel. Mel, do you often do custom work like you did for Mel? Are you open to doing more of it? I do. I'm, I, I've always done custom work for friends of mine, but I'm realizing that now more than ever, I'm actually really enjoying doing the custom work. Partly because... Um, People trust me. Mel just came in and she said, make whatever you want for my wedding dress. Like, I just want to wear what you think I should wear. <laughs> you know, which of course, she had her own ideas too in the end. And <laughs> she knows what she looks beautiful in. 
but I feel like like I have more create more of a creative license on special dresses these days. I don't know whether it's because I've been doing it so long or whether I just know people so well or whether people that I even people that I don't know trust me because of my reputation. I don't have to convince them that that's the right thing for them. So I yeah, I do a lot of special dresses these days and I would love to do even more. I was wondering if you want to talk at all about Anna Print Shop. I do. Yeah. Well, Rebecca and I have worked together for a really long time. It's probably almost 25 years at this point, on and off. And we've talked for a long time about doing something. But just recently, we started taking photographs of um, the neighborhood and vacations. And one of the things I think we both love is collage and context, taking things out of one context and moving it to another context. So we started doing, it started with the Anna print, that the Anna signature print, which is on this scarf you can't see out there in podcast oh, land. But account. yeah, and it's taken from a door of stickers in the East Village. And then <laughs> I just put the Anna sticker on and took a photo of it and made a photographic print. And we've done bathing suits in this. We've done pillows. The pillows have been really popular here. Kimonos. And just recently, Rebecca came up with the idea of doing this with different prints and making scarves and making um, jigsaw puzzles and maybe working with other artists in the neighborhood eventually and having their take on the neighborhood or their take on a special place. And who knows where it could grow to, but it's a really fun project for now. Also, it's very fun to work with Rebecca. I can imagine. <laughs> I feel like I'm you two together are just way. like a power duo. We're a good team. Yeah. <laughs> so the question that we always like to ask is whether there's anything that you would like for those listening to know about you that you feel is not already out there or that we haven't spoken about yet. About you, about your shop. Well... I feel like I'm very lucky because I love what I do and that's one of the reasons that I still do what I do because every day at my store is an adventure. I've been lucky enough to meet so many wonderful people through my store. Yeah, I guess that's 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 it. I just love what I do and the people who found my space are somehow there's like some kind of luck involved in that or some kind of magic happened. I feel like you really have to have an open mind to come into this store if you don't know someone who already has the clothes and look around and try things on and and fit them into your aesthetic. Not that they're so fit them into your life. Not that they're so different, but I just feel like like the most open-minded people walk through the door always. I also want to say though, Kathy, that I think that the the way your process in making the clothes and the things that you think about in in how you design things, it seems to me that they must be part of the reason that you get the kind of people that you do in the shop and the reason that it feels like such a community because I think that you create your clothes with empathy because you put them on your own body and you wear them for two days and you think about really how it feels and how it's going to feel 
for other people and then, you know, sizing and all of these things. And also, you know, these small things like it's it is so such a comfortable space to try things on in. And Joan, um, I spoke to her and I recorded with her about how she doesn't like going to stores and trying things on. She doesn't like she, you know. But everyone who came in today tried something on. Every single woman who came in here today tried something on. And I think you've thought of that, and that empathy must be part of why you have that community. And I don't think it's just magic. I think it's you. Oh, thank you. And (laughs) the people who have worked at Anna over the years. I really have been lucky in that way. Like you, Rebecca. Thank you. (laughs) You bring a lot of things into people's lives. Over the years, I've seen pictures of happy Anna girls wearing your clothes all over the world, and um, some of them have been dressed by you for weddings and other special events, and they're every day. And I think there's something to be said for that. Not many people can say that they have one specific designer who's become a part of them over time. Well, they're all a part of me, too, so that's why I want to do this forever. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. My name is Ellie, and this has been a podcast by Manhattan Sideways. If you're interested in learning more about this business or about the thousands of other small businesses on the side streets of Manhattan, be sure to check out our website, www.sideways.nyc, and follow us on social media, at NY Sideways. See you next time.